He has his own podcast. What is it, y'all? Get my shit together. Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Tuesday, September 6th, the day after Labor Day. I hope you had a great extended weekend if you're in the United States. If you are in any of the countries that I mentioned recently on the podcast, such as Saudi Arabia, my people, isn't every day Labor Day? (laughs) Meaning, aren't you exploited by your rulers more so than anywhere else in the world? If so, thank you for joining the podcast. I still am deeply curious how you came across it, uh, but I'm glad that you did. Also, on the flip side of that, if you are MBS listening over in Riyadh, and I'm sure you probably only have one place in Saudi Arabia, also, bro, thank you for, you know what, MBS, I'll tell you this, you would love Atlanta, because it flexes maybe even harder than you. Okay, And you know how I know this? Because this afternoon I did an errand and went and picked up some wine. Those are the same thing. And at the store where I buy the wine, there was, and you might ask yourself, where outside of MBS's palace would I be able to sell a Rolls Royce SUV? And the the answer is Atlanta, Georgia. I came out of the store and there was a Rolls-Royce SUV. I've never seen such a thing. I'd never seen a Bentley SUV until I lived in Atlanta. Also consistent among both those vehicles, I've never seen the driver of either be over 30 years old. Or at least they didn't appear to be over 30 years old. But I came out and there's a Rolls-Royce MBS. You would love this. A Rolls-Royce MBS, you also would like the fact that uh, the 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, his uh, wife, still his wife, I think his third or fourth wife, Melania, is alleged to be uh, a listener of the podcast. As you know, we are also popular in Slovenia, and I think it is with Melania. Anyway, MBS, I came out. There's a Rolls-Royce SUV. What the fuck is this? I Google, yeah, how much does that cost? It's called a Rolls-Royce something who gives a shit the suv well if you move like mbs and this guy you care what it's called but i don't give a fuck it only costs three hundred and forty eight thousand dollars, and that's quite a bit of money and i just heard my daughter upstairs bang on the piano which might be her way of saying hey dad let's go to the pool and let's you not think about it and just try to do the one and a half right off the bat I think that's what I'm going to have to do. So if you're listening, if you're MBS, if you're listening in Saudi Arabia, if you're listening in Jamaica, if you're listening in Argentina, my new listeners down there, I want to tell you, I just watched a documentary the other night about your great bank robbery of 2006. It's the most amazing story I've ever seen. And also, I found out I have one other listener in one new listener in Hunterdon County, New Jersey. Thank you so much for listening. What a, uh, a surprise and also a relief to know that a wise soul like yourself connected to people who I'm so deeply affectionate of uh, is listening to the podcast. So thank you for the support. But my Argentinian friends, I, you know what I did? I, I want to apologize. First, I'll, I'll talk about the bank robbery documentary here in a second. 
first I want to apologize. I realized in the last podcast, and I'm, I'm, I'm not in the fact-checking business, but I said that Messi was the greatest soccer player of all time, and, and that's not true. The greatest soccer player of all time is the Argentine Diego Armando Maradona, rest in power, because I stopped and I reflected on not only what he did in the World Cup cheating. I don't give a shit about that. He won the World Cup for the Albi Celeste, or Celesta, however you say it. But then he went over to rescue a essentially junior varsity team in Napoli and took them not just to Italian glory. He played for Napoli in not Syria. Sorry, so I'm, I'm going to get out of the soccer thing here in just a minute. Everyone doesn't know shit about soccer. The major leagues of Italian soccer is called Serie A. And I'm 95% sure that when... Maradona went over there to play for Napoli. Napoli was not in the top flight of Italian soccer, so they would have been in the division below it. He took them up. He took them to Italian League glory, Serie A glory, and he also took them to European glory and lifted trophies all the while he had a seemingly, a seemingly debilitating cocaine habit. Maradona was a man of great appetites, to say the least. But to think that he was in the mafia, the Italian mafia, I should say, the Italian mafia, capital of the world, Sicilia, playing for Napoli, with a cocaine problem that would fell a lesser man, or a horse for that matter, and he took those teams to such glory, and he nearly nearly took Argentina to a second World Cup in Italia 90. Ladies and gentlemen, the greatest fucking soccer player, and it's not even close. Maybe Pelé, I suppose. Messi, 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 Messi. Absolutely. Ronaldo, you can't argue with what the back of the card says. Just because you don't like him, and he has a, a kind of a high voice, that is not me emasculating. Like, I'm going to emasculate him. <laughs> You can like Cristiano Ronaldo. You can like Messi, 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 or Pelé for that matter. You know who I liked more than Cristiano Ronaldo? El Fenomeno, the original Ronaldo from Brazil. The greatest player, though, of all time is Maradona. There are documentaries about that man and what he did playing in Italy with his appetites. It would be like putting him on the Las Vegas hockey team and him still t winning everything. He would have gone crazy in Las Vegas. Anyway, so I apologize to my Argentine listeners. However, I will tell you this. I watched this documentary. I think it's simply called, it's on Netflix right now. And as my dad used to say about things that I didn't know about, uh, back when my dad knew more than I did. No, I'm kidding. Back when my dad and I would talk about whatever, he would, and I'd say, oh, I don't know anything about it. He'd be like, drop everything, which meant go fucking find out what that was, right? You need to get caught up on this. I don't remember him walking me through it, <laughs> but sort of drop everything. This is important, you know, which sometimes as a parent, that's good enough. I'm not going to tell you all about it, but what I want you to know is you should know about it. Is that enough? <laughs> it's in the eye of the beholder. Here's the point. The point is, I am using my dad's expression to say, drop everything. Press pause on this podcast if you have to, and go watch this documentary. 
on Netflix. I think it's called The Robbers or Los Ladrones. Just Argentine, Argentina, robbery, heist, heist of the century, something like that. Documentary. I I was moved watching this documentary. And I'm inspired to do so much more. I think I work hard. I get a lot of shit done. No, I don't. No, I don't. And I am going to redouble and triple my efforts. LNC said, you know what? You should play theaters. The podcast should be... You're right. That's my objective. This fucking guy in Argentina, and I'm not going to give anything away, he smoked a lot of weed and he had no experience as a bank robber but he had a moment of i don't want to say clarity because i think he was pretty smashed where he decided that his the defining statement of his life his artistic vision that he had was to rob a bank <laughs> and not just to rob it but rob it with such beauty, elegance, effectiveness, uh, you will be speechless. It's almost like, is this really true? It's really true. He had never robbed a bank before. But he thought, you know what? This is going to be my statement to the world. And you know what? He was right. Because long after he is gone, they will be talking about legacy and what people are going to say when you're gone. They will forever be talking about what is perfection to you. Is it Arsenal going undefeated in 2004? The Invincibles? Is it uh, as a perfect game of baseball? Is it some work of art? Is it the Golden Gate Bridge? Is it the, When you think of perfection, this has to go into the conversation. This fucking bank robbery, this, that's the last time I'm going to say fuck on this podcast today. It's, it's Labor Day. I'm about to go upstairs and go do some one and a half. I'm going to do a one and a half today. I hear my daughter sprinting around feverishly. This documentary is unbelievable. And it both, it ruins the next bank robbers to come along because it sets the bar impossibly high. And I don't want to shit on like American bank robbers. But they would not have done it this way. We would not have done it this way. With our long guns and our violence. This is Argentina also we're talking about. It's not exactly, you know, little sisters of the poor. <laughs> Argentina knows some violence. They know robbery. They know hyperinflation. There's the piano keys again. All right, I'm going to have to run and come back and pick up the rest of this podcast. But... While I'm at the pool doing one and a half with my daughter. Can you hear banging on the... You can't hear banging on the piano because these headphones are immaculate. So I, I want to clear up the greatest soccer player is Argentine. You know what? The greatest bank robber of all time also is Argentine. That's pretty badass. We have the greatest soccer player of all time and the greatest bank robber of all time. And I'm not talking about volume. Even though this guy got... This is only one. That would be like Michael Jordan showing up one day or LeBron James or Kobe Bryant, whoever you think is your greatest basketball player, showing up one day no one has ever seen, 
nor heard of them. They check into the game and they dominate like never before and then they vanish only to come back and fucking write a million books, I'm sure, and talk about himself relentlessly in this documentary <laughs> that is designed to make me feel like I do about him right now. I get it. I'm in. I bought it. Hook, line, and sinker. It's pretty awesome. I'm inspired. And I'm going to carry that over to go do my one and a half, and I will come back, and I will. you won't even know, because I will hopefully, I probably won't be talking with the same enthusiasm I'm talking about right now, I also encourage you, if you are in Atlanta, by all means, go to Bone Garden Cantina. They're not sponsors of the podcast, Bone Garden. But we went there for lunch today, my wife and my three-and-a-half-year-old. We had a lovely lunch. We were served by an Atlanta comic, and then I saw two other Atlanta comics there meeting to have lunch and talk shit and shop, I'm sure, and maybe talk shit about me while I was at a different table. But they at least came over and said hello. Uh, the food is so good, and you're bound to run into some local comics. Uh, so Bone Garden Cantina. In the meantime, watch. All right, the piano's going crazy. This is that's her bat signal. I will. Uh, you won't even know. You won't even know if I've left and come back. You won't even know what time it is. You won't even know my state of mind. You won't know if I'm drinking coffee, or if I went wild and had something like an Aperol spritz. Spritzer? Aperol spritz. <laughs> I'm inspired by the guy in the, the Range Rover uh, SUV to just live. And the, all right, I, I did I did leave and come back. So I'm back now. You'll never know, right? Until I tell you. The last time you heard from me, I was drinking a black coffee for the first 13 minutes of this. Now I am drinking an Aperol spritz that my wife made me after we put our daughter to sleep. So here I am back. I still have the same enthusiasm, the same inspiration fueled by the great Argentine bank robber and also Diego Armando Maradona, El Pibe de Oro. But guess what happened? I did not do any one and a half today. I would have done a bunch and I would have probably biffed it a few times in doing so while also maintaining... <clears throat> it rained and, and thundered and lightning, and that's why we didn't go to the pool. But what is going to be interesting in this one and a half moment is that there is going to be a life lesson that I'm teaching, that I establish for my daughter, a, a series of life lessons, to be honest with you, because I am going to have her watch me do a one and a half, try to do a one and a half for the first time since I was a teenager, and then also did I biff it more than I didn't. But I'm going to, more than like we've talked about, telling my daughter what to do, I'm going to show her how to do things. And I'm going to try to do a one and a half. And if I eat it, she's going to see me try it again, despite the fact that it will hurt. <laughs> and I'll be sore. I'm going to do it again. And then I'm going to do it again until I get it right. And so what I'm going to teach her in those, the lessons will be for her to discern is persisting until you get an outcome, right? That's very, very, very important in life. Maybe the most important thing, persist. But a lesson she also is going to learn is that sometimes you really have to eat it before you get it right, okay? Which also is probably good, persist. I mean, that's why playing an instrument is so, is so great, I think, because 
it sucks and it's hard at first and you can't do it and your fingers don't work and then you keep slowly trying and you get a little bit more and you get reinforced and it's like oh yeah okay that almost sounds like if i put my my thumb and my index finger and my two um what else they would be over there my ring finger and my pinky finger maybe i can make that chord that sounds like it might belong on lean on me right the first time you play piano the first time you know you you contort your hand into a difficult shape playing an instrument is hard it's frustrating when you start and the only thing that gets you better at it is persisting so she's going to see me persisting through challenge. She's going to see me persisting till I get it right, persisting through challenge and maybe even pain. But then she also might take uh, a lesson that I don't necessarily want her to take. That is, injure yourself out of stubbornness <laughs> until you get something right. Hopefully, hopefully when I try the one and a half, and if you're just listening to the podcast for the first time, I don't believe you, but I'm grateful that you are. But you know that at the mid-July or something, I set myself the goal of doing a one and a half quote the right way at the park pool, City of Atlanta pool where we go. And I have the height on my rotation and I of a single somersault. I just have yet to go for it, right? And really ratchet uh, and spin pretty fast until um you know i can come out of it and then put my hands in front of my face and and hopefully not i don't want to be rotating my face into the water i would love to have my hands up if i could <laughs> but it also could come down it's it's water it's not cement it'll hurt i might rupture a spleen but hopefully it won't kill me so i have good elevation on my rotation I have good spin I can slow myself down actually spinning uh, I can look like a just moron spinning without any tuck so just like a man tumbling over head over heels into a flip or I can kind of tuck and throw my arms around like actually someone who looks more like a diver which I've never been let me whistle up this dog <whistles> Clarky good boy uh, so I just haven't gone for it I thought I was going to do it today, inspired, like I said, by the early early part of this podcast. But when I went upstairs and my daughter and I got our bathing suits on. Good boy, Clarkie. Good boy. My daughter and I got our bathing suits on. We went out front and there was, uh, it was raining. And it was cloudy, but dark clouds. Like, this is going to be, this is going to be loud and wet. And maybe even some lightning. Sure enough... It was so we just we we scrapped when it started raining. We scrapped the uh, the pool and we're just playing soccer out in the front. And when it started pouring on us, we just stayed out there. I was like, "Come on, girl, let's go. This is this is you know a Tuesday night in you know November night in Stoke or whatever that expression is." Where you the dog is scratching more than I would like him to because. I gave him his super expensive flea medicine a few days ago. Has it not kicked in, my friend? At least, dog owners know, at least it's a pill now. Remember when you had to spray the goo like on their back out of that tube? And it also, you know, you get half of it on your hands and their hair. At least now the medicine is going in the dog. Anyway, so we stayed outside playing soccer. If I haven't told you this, 
Are you trying to join? What are you trying to say, Clark? <clears throat> My daughter, in front of goal, she is uh, like Erling Holland. She is a. She has an eye for goal, and she, if if she gets, in front of the goal with the ball, she's gonna put it in because I've told her to stop, to not waste time, just blast it. So there's not a lot of time to. Uh, play around and then i also because she because <laughs> she also already has issues with cops i told her that the defenders are cops and you don't want them to get you so as soon as the ball comes to you in the you know six yard box just blast it into the goal so we did that it started raining we had a great time and then when we we're playing in the rain she just kind of flipped out and went crazy and was so excited that she um she pulled the goal down and ran around the yard with the goal. And then we did these wonderful summer things where, you know, it's pouring rain, uh, but the, the we live on a, a hill or in the middle of a hill that's going down. The street is still warm, so we stood out in, as the water was running over our feet. I mean, it's runoff water, so it's probably disgusting. Uh, but she thought it was the greatest thing ever. And then just to... Uh, Get the full experience. She bent over <laughs> and stuck her head in running curb water, rainwater. I was like, girl, that's disgusting. But she was, she was fired up and had a good time. So, alas, we did not, uh, we did not get to go do the one and a halfs. But the next time we go down there, and it might be, I don't know if it'll be this week. Might have to be Sunday. Busy week. Short week, busy week. Tonight is Limerick. You know what? Chicago, turn off, turn off your uh, transistors. Pittstown, New Jersey, turn it up because you support Limerick. If you want to come to Limerick, you know where it is, you know what time it starts. But tonight we have making her return to Limerick stage, kicking it off with Liz Durr. Hey, Clarky, Clarky, the more you bother at that, the worse it's going to get. <laughs> so let that medicine do its job, buddy. I know you want to bother at it. Hey, don't bother at it. Liz Durr is kicking off the show. She's going to be followed by Juan Martinez. You'll recall Juan hosted that show that I did in Spanish. And by the way, he's such a sweet guy. He's asked me to do a couple other ones in Spanish. But uh, the timing didn't work out. It's not that I was uh, wanting to maintain my perfect game for... Uh, comedy sets in a different language. Uh, so, <clears throat> Liz Durr, uh, Juan Martinez is going to be followed by uh, Cara Dion. I'm thrilled she's make Everyone has been on the show before, which is great. Liz Durr, Juan Martinez, Cara Dion. Who's after Cara Dion? It's Nikki Allcaps Murphy. Sometimes Limerick host, sometimes Lightning Round host, sometimes Limerick closer. Nick is a part of Limerick. And he's going to go right in the middle of the lineup tonight and smash it, setting it up for Crystal Pierce, who, if you listen to the podcast, know I have on like every three weeks. I think she's so funny, and I always enjoy listening to her talk shit. And closing out the main show, also somebody who uh, I love having on the show, Big Ed Easy, uh, is how he goes, uh, how he how he is known on stage, and he's going to close it out. And I've been seeing his sets at the Laughing Skull over the last couple months. 
and man, is it very funny. So that's Limerick tonight. Please come out, check it out. Wednesday night, as you know, I'll be at the Laughing Skull Lounge. Thursday, Columbus, Georgia, where are you at? Can you hear my Aperol spritz? <laughs> They're pretty good. I don't know if you know what it is, but it's champagne with a little bit of this, uh, I think it's a liqueur called Aperol. I think it's big in in like the south of France. They're absolutely delicious. Champagne, ice, and a little bit of this red liqueur called Aperol. Wonderful summer drink, even if you're sitting in a basement that's like 20 below. Awaiting an estimate from some guy, a quote from some guy to do some work for the basement to bring it up at least into the 1990s. Currently, it's, you know, as you heard me say, it's in the 1980s. Uh, but he said, oh, it'll be easy, N not much. So I imagine it'll be a lot and really long. We'll see. Aperol spritz. All right, so Nikki all caps. That's the lineup. It's going to be, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so um, I am scattered. I guess that coffee did kick in. Yes, Laughing Skull on Wednesday, Thursday night. I'm going to Columbus, Georgia, once again to feature for, open for, Paul Ollinger at the Loft in Columbus, Georgia. The Loft, I believe, is part of the Comedy Zone family of uh, comedy clubs. I believe it is. Maybe it's not. Uh, I'm going to go down there with Paul on Thursday. And we're driving back that night which means Paul will be driving back in a car that's nicer than mine. So that should be fun. Friday night, I'm going to a different part of the state. I'm going to be all over the state, I, I think. I looked at the map, and I don't think it makes sense for me to drive to Columbus and stay there. But I haven't. maybe it will. Does, I don't think so. In, so Friday night, I'm in a place called Lincolnton, Georgia, with Uncle Plug. So if you're, I don't know where Lincolnton is, but I think it's, all right, let me get a hold of myself here. For people who don't know anything about Georgia, like me, listening, imagine Atlanta is the center of the universe. And then imagine you go due south for two hours, that's Columbus, and then you go back up to Atlanta. And then you go due east for two hours, that's Lincolnton. So maybe there's a way for me to make a hypotenuse. <laughs> a word that I only have fresh in mind because I watched the engineer in Bank Robber describe how he had to figure out the angles to dig the right. Uh, you just have to watch that. So I think what I'll do is I'll go two hours down on Thursday, come back two hours that night with Paul, and then on Friday night go out two hours east to work with Plug Chapman and then come back that night? It's a lot of night driving. And you know what that also means? It means I'll have to probably record the, thir the Friday podcast in the car with Paul, which might be fun. Or when I get home late Thursday night. Anyway, Thursday night, Paul and I are at the loft. I'm still opening. Still opening. I don't... I don't 
I'm, I'm grateful that he asked me. And uh, Friday, I'm out with Plug in Lincolnton, Georgia. And then Saturday, I'm filming something with a couple people that uh, I'm very fond of. And then have spots 5 and 8 of the Laughing Skull Saturday night. So... It's gonna be it's gonna be a quick week. It's gonna be a fun week, though. I know that. So if you do live out in Lincolnton or you live in Columbus, come see a show Thursday night or Friday night. You don't have to stay for Paul's set, but just come see me. I'll do twenty minutes or whatever it is in the middle of the show. <laughs> you don't have to stay all night for Paul Ollinger. You know what that's gonna be like. Uh, uh, seriously though, <clears throat> if you have people in Columbus or Lincolnton or within, you know, a half an hour drive, tell them to come out either of those nights and, and see some real, real enthusiastic stand-up comedy. How about that? Uh, let's see. West Ham, my soccer team in crisis. Let's not spend any time about that. They are currently in 18th. They're in the relegation zone. They are in the relegation zone, and they are in crisis. They uh, were leading one nothing on Saturday or Sunday and gave up two goals in the final 20 minutes and lost to their uh, London rivals, Chelsea. It was Chelsea, right? I'm pretty sure it was Chelsea. Anyway, uh, so West Ham in crisis. Something uh, I talked about last time on the podcast. Thank you again for the wonderful, wonderful email. And hopefully I did it justice by trying to... Thank you. If you want to email the podcast with your thoughts, with your questions, well, fuck, I have opinions. Let me, I'll, I'll shoot my shot. I know a thing or two about a thing or two. You can email the podcast at yesjoesmith at gmail.com. By the way, find any if you want to fact check the podcast, like like I said last time, feel free to do that. Let me know where I was wrong. I realized I was wrong in just thinking about it after I recorded the last one. No way is Messi the greatest soccer player. But you know what? Even if it's Messi and Maradona, it's still one two for Argentina. But you can email me at yesjoesmith at gmail dot com. Something else I mentioned on the last podcast, I think, was or the one before was My Daughter Says the Darndest Things. And I mentioned how she commented on that woman's owie. And then she uh, said that the unhoused gentleman had a uh, very long sweater. <laughs> well, she had an interesting one a couple days ago. We She knows about Mr. Sandman. Have I told you she comes into our bed now? And parents out there are like, oh, you got to break that habit right away. I know. It's it's like uh, Guantanamo or Abu Ghraib. The, it's impossible to feel like you're playing with a full deck when you're, you know, awakened every 25 minutes with a foot in your ribs or something like that. But it's still kind of cute and sweet. So we talk, she's kind of, she's better. She's getting better about it. She's not freaked out about shadows and stuff like that, but. Uh, you know, the shadows, her brain is exploding in size, and with that comes like, oh, shit, it's, there might be some stuff that could be scary to me, and what is a shadow? And I'm like, 
Shadows don't give a rat's ass, to be honest with you. They're going to be there, and they're not, you know. They are a little weird when they move, and you see them, like, outside the windows, but, you know, you have almost blackout curtains because we want you to sleep, so these shadows are in here, and they go away two ways. If you turn on the light or you close your eyes. So we're talking, we're talking a lot about sleep these days and, you know, what it's like and Mr. Sandman... <laughs> Exit life into life never never lie Metallica has not made a great record in thirty five years. <laughs> Is that right? Can that possibly be right? Sure, it can. Right? When did the when did the white album come out? And Justice for All, 1988. And even then, even that was one that, you know, a purist didn't exactly love. Anyway, the, the, okay, not about Metallica. But the first, the first one, by the way, if there are any meddlers out there, the first Metallica record is my favorite record. A lot of people, including the former baseball player Mike Piazza, would say that his favorite record of Metallica's was Master of Puppets. And it's hard to argue with that. How would I know what Mike Piazza's favorite Metallica record is? Well, I'll tell you how. One time I saw Mike Piazza in a hotel lobby in New York. I'm not at all a star uh, person. See, I I said I wasn't going to use the F word anymore, so I'm not today. But I'm not a star. Like I I don't get overwhelmed by stars. And if you're, you know, under 35, like, who's Mike Piazza? Well, that's a great question. <laughs> but he's a, he is a Hall, I bet he's a Hall of Fame baseball player who's probably now like 45 years old. And I saw him in the hotel. And I know he's also a meddler because I saw him with a photo of, I saw him with a photo, in a photo with Slayer one time years ago. <laughs> you know, Slayer also is a recurring guest on the podcast. Um. What is, the, what is the podcast episode with Slayer where I talk about after Auschwitz? Is it called Angel of Death? Way, it's way back earlier in the podcast. Anyway, I went up to Mike. I saw Mike Piazza there, and I'm like, I'm fucking Piazza. Respect and all that. And, but I'm not going to go ask for his autograph. What am I going to do with that? I just, that, nothing. So I just, I kind of found myself standing next to him. I didn't approach him, but... Uh, I needed something at the front desk, and I was also like, this is, we're doing well if we're staying at the same hotel as Mike Piazza, and it was not clear that Piazza was staying at the hotel, he could have been there to meet somebody, but we found ourselves, uh, you know, standing next to each other in that kind of like, what's up, what's up way, and I said to him, without saying anything else, I said, rank the first four Metallica records, I just said that to him, that was my cold open. Rank the first four Metallica records. And he, he looks at me and he goes, excuse me? And I said, rank the first four Metallica records. And he didn't miss a beat. And he goes, oh, well, a Master of Puppets, <laughs> Ride the Lightning, Kill Them All, and, and Justice, I think is what he said. I think was the order he gave. And I said, okay, cool, thanks. I, like... Uh, I like the first one. Um, I just said it. Kill them all. 
is this moving the story forward at all? No. So we've been talking, I've been talking, but Piazza was super nice that he let me ask him that, you know, real bro-y question. Bro, name your top four rank for Metallica records. But he did it. He's like, you know, Master does it for me. <laughs> he knows that if I can rank the first four Metallica records that he doesn't have to list them in their entirety, right? He can just say, Master. And I know he means Master of Puppets. Like We have a metal connection. He was a little bit better of a baseball player than I was. He also, you might remember, was in a World Series where Roger Clemens threw a bat at him. After, I think, Clemens hit him in the head with a pitch earlier in the season or the series. There was some bad blood in the Subway Series. We've been talking with my daughter about Mr. Sandman. And I don't know much of his story, but, you know, talking about sleeping and 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 then the residue crust in your eye whatever sleep sleep in your eyes in the morning we've been attributing to Mr. Sandman oh yeah Mr. Sandman got you girl he left a little bit of crust there I'll get it out I'll clean it whatever the case may be and a couple days ago she said to me Mr. Sandman came in my eye And I was, I was like, what? I didn't say what, but I knew, I knew what she meant. But it was just kind of jarring, you know? And I, as you know, I don't like comedy where the other person in the story gets the funniest laugh, gets the biggest laugh or the funniest line. But she does say some things that, you know, without context are like, oh, like that woman who had the missing leg. Like, oh, you have an owie. And he's like, yeah, I do, girl. Mr. Sandman came in my eye. Well, that was, you know, was it consensual? You know, you're, you're too young to give consent. That, that, that's a crime. As he's not allowed to do that, girl. But she is, uh, she is a force of nature. We are grooving. We are in a pocket just straight ahead and you know what part of it is it's part of it is talking about it on the podcast and listening to people write in and talk about their kids and their parents because it it makes me even more self-aware of what I'm doing and how I'm doing it so for all the LNCs who talk about how she is as a parent how she used to sweat the big stuff or little stuff and now she realizes she takes the kids to the grocery store when they're gonna be in a good mood right she's learned not to put them in situations where they can't succeed which i feel like i used to i i I've, it's such a good reminder right put them put the kids in situations where they can succeed don't take them burnt out hungry exhausted and put them in a position where they're going to get frustrated because it's going to be a challenge there are three so I really so so Ellen C writing in and that that woman the other day who talked about her mom and kind of belonging to the Bambi club of losing a parent at a young age. I really think this podcast has made my stand up better and it's made me a better parent. And I couldn't do that if it weren't for you listening uh now across the globe in fucking Saudi Arabia, bro. Taiwan. And these are the newcomers of the podcast. I don't know how long you've been listening in Hunterdon County, uh, New Jersey, but thank you for listening. 
so you're a new listener to me, but I'm talking about these new places, Argentina, uh, Saudi Arabia, but the OGs across the United States of America who've been listening, the people in Georgia who listen, people in Atlanta, right? You heard me say, (laughs) Georgia does not deserve Atlanta. I stand by that. But those other OG countries that have been there all along, Germany, where would this podcast be without Germany? Uh, Sweden, just steadily supporting the podcast. And let's do shows, Sweden. Let's do shows, and let's do shows in Germany. Anyway, the podcast has made me a better comic, and it's made me a better parent, and I couldn't do that if you didn't listen to it. So thank you for that, and and uh, I will... And, and now Saudi Arabia. You know who's next? We need on the other side is Israel. I don't think we have any Israeli listeners. I tell you, I have, a, I have an Israeli friend who one time I so stupidly, in the middle of some like big climate discussion, I was like, so what is the like environmental movement uh, like in Israel? As soon as I said it, I'm like, dude. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, we have bigger, we're bigger, bigger existential threats. And I was like, yeah, but you guys are fucking bullies. So anyway, all right. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Come out to Limerick tonight. And if you're going to be in Atlanta this weekend, I'm at the Laughing Skull on Saturday. Friday, I'm in Lincolnton, Georgia. Thursday, I am... What? I'm featuring, I'm opening for Paul Ollinger again. So apparently Paul didn't think I blew him off the stage in Asheville like I did. He's like, oh, I'll take him out again. Or he's a man, he's an adult, and he's like, you know what? Steel sharpens steel. I'm taking Joe out there with me again because that makes me a better <laughs> comic. All right, thank you so much for listening. And if you want to uh, tell me anything, it's yesjoesmith at gmail.com. I will talk to you on Friday, hopefully back safe and sound from Columbus and headed to Lincolnton.